Yo, what's up everyone? My name is Drew Joyner. Some of you may know me as Drew What I Do on YouTube, and I am the host of season two of the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others, where each week I invite a brand new guest on the show within the realm of fashion, culture, and or art to talk about their life and their experiences. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come listen to this podcast. It means a ton to me. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Yo, what is going on, everyone? If you're new to the podcast, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you. I always will appreciate you, and I appreciate you right now. (laughs) This is what I like to call the pre-intro intro of the show, where I talk to you guys a little bit about who we have coming on the show before I get into the live intro. And when I say we have a special episode for you today, we have a special episode for you today. (laughs) Today's guest is the founder of the brand McDowell's, which I would categorize as a kind of sports memorabilia bootleg brand but it has so much that's so good about it and there's so many elements that i love about it which we'll get into in the podcast the founder of the brand is jimmy jensen i love that name i never even told i should have told him this in the episode but i love that name jimmy jensen jj it's, it's, it's smooth i like it but anyways he's a great great guest he talks a lot about his experiences growing up as well as how he's been able to grow mcdowell's and where the inspiration comes from and the product lines that he's come out with. It's a great episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review. I would appreciate it a ton. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I think one of my favorite events in fashion and in sneakers right now is the advent and the resurgence of bootleg brands. Today, I'm sitting with Jimmy Jensen, the founder of McDowell's, a basketball and pop culture inspired bootleg brand that has one of the best Jordan 1 bootlegs that I've ever seen. Literally the best. (laughs) Jimmy, man, talk to me. How are you doing today? Appreciate you. I'm good, man. I'm good. We just talked about I played some ball this morning, so, so life is good. Life is good. Anytime you touch a basketball and it goes through the net at least one time. Life is good, man. Life That's is good. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I got to play as much as I can to stay happy, bro. For sure. I need to get – I keep saying this. I need to get out and just do more and more and more because I love I love playing basketball. It's, it's literally, you hooped growing up, yeah? Yeah. I, grew, I hooped growing up. I hooped um, all through high school, played a little bit in college, and, and now I'm in this stage of life where I need to – push myself to because i'm a workaholic I, I i consider myself a slight workaholic so okay um sometimes i just i get into the grind mode a little bit too hard and i need to i need to shift a little bit to hooping a little bit more so you gotta prioritize bro you gotta prioritize i know i know and covid didn't help either it just <laughs> i know, I know. once you get a game that's good a bunch of good guys you'll, you'll get back into it no doubt no doubt well man i'm excited to have you on the pod bro um i think i was introduced to you by you know your your sneaker that you created um i saw ray talk about it on his youtube a little bit ray mia i saw um another youtuber um i can't remember the name of his channel talk about it but definitely caught my eye and i was like man i this is one of the bootlegs i love and then kind of looked more at the brand and i was like okay there's even more to it than just like this sneaker there's um, a real passion for 
like I said, sports, basketball, pop culture. So, but let's, before we dive into all that, man, talk to me a little bit about your background. You know, where are you from? How was like for you as a kid? <clears throat> yeah, man. I, uh, when I was real young, I lived like an hour outside of Chicago, Illinois. And then like second grade, we moved out to Washington state. So I was like an hour South of Seattle. Uh, just like a middle-class suburb kind of, kind of childhood, um, played a bunch of sports. My brother was always a really good artist. He would draw and paint and things like that. My sister performed and danced and sang and things like that. And I was always like the athlete, but not known as like the artistic one, um, in the family, which is kind of funny. And so, but my parents were like amazing, you know, always supportive and encouraging. My mom would just tell me how smart I am and how I could do anything every single day. And, uh, so eventually I kind of found that, that artistic side of me. Um, but it was a lot later in life, like college is when I started dabbling with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very similar to me too. So I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off. I feel like I cut people off too much. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man, you're straight. You're straight. I was, I was good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny. Like I was, I was going to college to be an accountant. Like I was always good at math and I was always good at sports and like, you know, I wasn't seen as like an artistic kind of person. Um, so it's funny to see like where life takes you, but, but here we are. Yeah, I love that. I think all of us, there's a quote that, or there was a, not a quote even, but I saw this when I was in New York. If you guys listened to my last pod, I believe it was New York. It could have been New York. It could have been somewhere else, but there was someone had written on a piece of cardboard and it said, uh, we're all born artists. And there was some kind of corny kind of tail end to that statement, but I like the beginning of it. Essentially we're all born artists. And I think that a lot of people have a lot more creative artistic energy inside of them um than they even recognize and i'm the same exact way like i Uh played sports uh was a business major and i think business has helped me but you know the the creativity that like i just never never knew i had it really in me until i really explored it so i like that Um, yeah i don't know if that's like our culture and just like the way that it it guides us as we grow up into like getting a real job you know shit like that but i hear friends say i'm not creative all the time and it's like bro everybody's creative like everybody's got something that they're into and you just have to realize it. You know? Yeah. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Also, one thing that you said that stood out to me, um, in your kind of upbringing is that your mom really, you know, uh, encouraged you and she believed in you. And I think for our, for me, um, and for a lot of people, like it's, it's so important to have someone who believes in you. Like, even if it's not necessarily like your mom or if it's not necessarily your dad or your grandma, whoever, <coughs> if you can, you know, hear have a voice in your head of belief like it just changes your outlook on life it changes what you believe is possible for you that's something that like you know one of the biggest things for me I used to as a as like a teenager I used to like watch and listen to these these motivational speakers talk about you know uh you know you can do it you basically are you you can achieve what you want to achieve and just having that voice is so important for someone who's young like I, I really recognize that to being one of the reasons why I started this podcast, started a brand, started YouTube, all those things, because I had this little voice telling me, you can try it and you can do it. So I, I like that. I don't know. That's something I wanted to, to point out. Yeah, 100%. I've uh, like, I just recently started to realize how big that was in shaping my life. You know, like I used to think, oh, my mom's corny or like, whatever, mom, you know, just kind of brush her off. You know what I mean? And I think like, I probably started following Gary Vee like five years ago. And he's constantly talking about his mom just built him up his whole childhood. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like my mom did the exact same shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bigger than you think. It really is. As a kid, you don't recognize, but as you get older, um, it really becomes obvious. And I think 
that shit matters it matters it really does and like i said if maybe like because obviously not everyone has fortunate situations like if your mom or your dad aren't the best which is like a true for a lot of kids for a lot yeah, of people true. um there there's there's so much you have to have a mentor online mentors or watching people's videos on youtube like there's just so much that you can kind of gravitate towards if you really want that voice i know it's not easy i'm kind of condensing it into a, a very succinct easy thing to do it's not easy easier said than done but sure. important sure. important i want to talk to you about uh sports a little bit more who are you some of your favorite athletes athletes growing up i mean you know i liked guys like griffey sammy sosa i was like living in chicago when sammy and uh mark mcguire were battling for the home run champ or the home run title and yeah, uh, yeah. so that was big i was a big sammy sosa guy uh ronaldo the real ronaldo like brazil ronaldo not cristiano um like old school a, a bunch of browns players i'm a huge cleveland browns fan i saw um, that on your story <laughs> yeah bro my dad just brainwashed us when we were little so we didn't even have a choice and uh <laughs> it's been a tough life as a browns fan but things are looking up right now so um but i mean none of those even came close to kobe like he won the dunk contest when i was five in 97 and i was like damn this guy's, this guy's, I don't know. It's just something about him resonated with me. And, uh, I got a Jersey that Christmas and it's just game over since then. He's been my idol, my number one dude, like since a a very young age. Totally. What, what, what is it about Kobe? Do you think that you can maybe decipher, understand in like your mind as a, as a young kid growing up? Like what about him? Like obviously it resonated with you, but like, can you maybe pinpoint, uh, was it his demeanor, his work ethic, his style, like, or all it's of the above? To, <laughs> yeah, it's tough to say when you're a little kid like that. Like, a lot of it, I feel like, is luck. I mean, mm-hmm. some kids will just randomly gravitate towards players, and then those players have a 10-year career, and they're not that good. And it's like, damn, well, I'll find the next player. And I just happened to, like, gravitate to one of the best players ever who had a long-ass career. Totally. Was a great person, who was a hard worker, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, I guess everything happens for a reason, but... uh I probably just liked how flashy he was and how he was talking shit and pointing to Brandy in the stands. <laughs> and I don't know, high school kid. I just thought he was cool. Yeah, totally. And it, it he he's another person that like, um, in terms of like motivation for wanting to be the best version of yourself, perfect yeah. guy to look up to. Because, I mean, as someone who also is a, I, I saw in your in your bio it says Kobe Stan. <laughs> as someone who's who's a partial kobe stan um (laughs) definitely someone that i've looked up to as well for for a long time been inspired by it continue to be inspired by by his words right yep yep so i switched my instagram about probably five years ago and i was like what are like the top four things about me as a human being and i was like you know i'm a hooper i like to i'm a filmmaker and i fucking love kobe like that's it (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it dude i love it let's talk about mcdowell's i'm saying it correctly right that's that's the the brand name is mcdowell's um yes sir cool talk to me about the let me ask what what question i want to ask (laughs) talk to me about the origin story man yeah i mean so I was doing, I was shooting wedding films and I really liked making films and I was really good at it and had a lot of success and I built a little business and, uh, but I just knew after a few years, like, I don't love doing this every day. Like editing was a grind for me. It really Mm. took a lot out of me. Um, so I was like, you know, maybe I'll transition into like making movies and stuff like that. Maybe like commercial productions, things like that. 
And I was just kind of thinking about it, like me and my now wife built a built a life that we like here. And uh, that just didn't really fit my lifestyle. Like I didn't want to move to LA and be gone all the time and things like that. Um, I really prioritized like, you know, quality of life and hooping three times a week and like doing things I enjoy every single day so that I take care of my mental health and my happiness. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I could, I could be good at that and I could like it, but I don't think that's for me. And so I was just really trying to figure out what was next for a long time. Um, just like doing nothing, basically mm-hmm. just trying to sit here and, you know, see what would hit me. And uh, one day Tessa, that's my wife's name asked, we're in Hawaii and just like, you know, talking randomly telling stories and shit. And she was like, if you had to open up a store tomorrow, like what would it be? Mm. she likes to play like would you rather games and things like that and uh i said you know probably a vintage clothing store i was really starting to get in get into vintage stuff at the time and then i kind of sat there on it and was like damn maybe i should really do this and so i started the process of kind of figuring that out um and the more i thought about it the more i was getting excited about like the in-house brand that i would carry than i was about like grinding and going to the bins every morning and finding shit you know it's hard work it is and there's nothing wrong with hard work, but it's just not hard work that I'm like passionate about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just kind of pivoted and was like, you know, I'm just going to start a brand. Um, yeah, man. The first product that really sparked it was those two, three Michael Jordan socks. I had seen pictures of Mike in those socks with a red two, three on the side since I was a little kid and I've wanted them for forever, you know, like periodically every few years I would randomly think about them or see a picture of them do a search, nothing would come up. Like no one made them. I'm like, this is insane, bro. Like how does nobody make these? Like people are obsessed with Kobe's shoe or I mean, Michael's shoes, you know, his shorts, everything to a T and no one makes his socks. Like that's insane. So I just decided to make them myself. Um, So I was in the process of making those and uh, the Michael versus Kobe T when Kobe passed. Mm. And that just like, obviously he's been my idol since I was a little kid, you know? So that just hit me really hard. So I, uh, I wanted to honor him like the best way I knew how. And obviously in this stage of my life, you know, I was sitting here designing. So I was like, I need to make like a cool ass bootleg design in memory of him. Um, the first run I did, I just sold him at my cost. I didn't want to make any money off like the death of my idol. And, uh, I did a smaller run there. People loved them. So I did another run after that. I just made a normal price and I donated all the proceeds to the Mamba and Mamacita foundation. Wow. And, uh, that's kind of what jumpstarted the brand. I just sat there for like a week straight, just like designing that shirt through tears, like trying to process his death basically with my artwork. And, uh, yeah, man, here we are today. Now I want to ask you about the kind of skill set to design right because i didn't know that you had the background in uh in weddings and shooting weddings so you you obviously were relatively skilled in you know video editing probably photo editing and all those kind of things um you mentioned that you studied finance tell me the that journey from you know unskilled kid to skilled professional because i think that is one of the most fascinating parts because like I can hear you talk about and know your passion and about your brand. And I just got that from what you just said. Um, But even digging deeper, like what made, what turned passion into execution, right? Because I think that's really important, right? For sure. I mean, I think I've always just been like a resourceful person. Um, If I don't know something or if I need to know something, I'll figure it out one way or another. I'll make it happen. So like I didn't have some big background in design at all. 
And I don't really think you need one, honestly. I think I've always had good taste and I think I, um, I've been encouraged that my taste is good, which has helped my confidence and things like that. And so, you know, I just had ideas and I just fuck, I YouTube shit all the time. Like still to this day, I'm not a buttoned up like professional designer. You know what I mean? I yep. YouTube shit every day to try to figure out like how to make this look how I want it to. Um, it's all about the vision, you know, like the technical side of stuff is just, it's a speed bump that you got to get through. Like I could, I could be way faster. I'm slow as hell at designing, you know, I'm still learning stuff every day. Same. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I guess I just, uh, just figure stuff out. Obviously the photography helped me a little bit, you know, I could kind of navigate Photoshop, um, on a basic level. I'm still like super new at illustrator, but I make all my logos in illustrator, mm-hmm. but like the shirt designs are all Photoshop stuff that I just kind of piece together and figure stuff out. Yeah. And that's my kind of Kobe what it requires. was my first, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off again. My Kobe T that's the first shirt I ever designed in my life. Um, so I had zero experience like doing anything like that before. And so I just, like I said, I just sat there for a week and just figured it out as I went. Yeah, totally. And I think that that plays into the the success of that. See, obviously you said you didn't want to make profit off of, you know, the death of your idol initially. Um, and I, it's really respectable. And then the money you did make, you, you did donate to charity. Um, but like that probably was even more motivating and gave you even more confidence to know that so many people were reaching out and saying that they, you know, you know, wanted your design, especially being a first design, it's great feedback. And also, you know, it's, it is a very personal thing for a lot of people. I think, um, when Kobe passed, you know, it was, it was tough. Like every hooper kind of like his heart kind of hurt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something that, that it's hard to explain. Even my, my girlfriend, like when she, she was sad about when Kobe passed, but she didn't understand like the level of just sadness kind of it was, it was, it was like a deep kind of pit, you know? Um, for and sure. so, I think that um, I guess it kind of diverts a little bit, but I think that, you know, the confidence that you gained from that drop is, is really important. Um, I'm thinking essentially, but. Oh yeah, that was massive for sure. To get all the feedback, like you said, and it kind of, the waves kind of kept coming because I did, like I said, a very tiny order at first. And it was, I think I did a presale, which like I never, ever do. I hate presales. Mm-hmm. It was my first thing ever. I didn't have much money, you know? So I was like, I'll just do a presale and see who buys it. And then I ordered maybe 20 more than that just to see like if they'll sell eventually. And they did. And then I did another order, which I thought was big at the time. And that sold out in like a minute. And then I did another. So it just, yeah, it gave me so much confidence. Like, damn, people are really connecting with this design. And uh, yeah, that was dope. Definitely. And I also almost forgot to mention the opportunity. Like, I, I can't believe you're sorry. I can't believe no one was making those socks. That is just crazy. crazy. I don't understand. And now, now I don't know if you've seen Jordan makes them. Yeah. Yeah. I saw. (laughs) They're pretty terrible, honestly. I mean, obviously I'm in it so deep, so I'm, uh, I'm also biased, but like the, the two, three is all big and like pixelated. And it's like, no, yours is much more one-to-one to to what it's crazy, but it's funny that they did it like not too long after i finally came out with them i wonder if that's just coincidence i, I, uh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> talk to me about the naming bro uh mcdowell's what is that about <clears throat> yeah man i don't know if you've ever seen the movie coming to america yep um old eddie murphy movie i love eddie murphy 80s 90s eddie murphy is just the best mm. uh, that was my brother's favorite movie growing up so we watched it a million times and one year for christmas i got him a McDowell's All-Americans jersey with like Prince Akeem on the back. 
and we played in a city league up in Seattle, um, like basically from when I graduated high school for like six years, I think they're still playing up there, same team. Wow. And uh, we didn't have a name or like jerseys or anything at the time. And so he was the only one he would wear that jersey just because like we would all wear whatever. And then so it would time, it would, the time would come to tell them like, what's your team name? We would just write, uh, I don't know, I guess we're McDowell's All-Americans. <laughs> and then uh, it just kind of carried on and carried on. I moved to California. I got into hooping here. I started a team like in a city league, same kind of thing. They asked me the team name and I'm like, shit, I don't know. McDowell's, I guess I just wrote it down. <laughs> so it just kind of felt natural. Uh, when I was coming up with a name for the vintage clothing store at the time, I was like, McDowell's just kind of makes sense. Um, it's also like a bootleg version of McDonald's in the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, it really just, it was just perfect. Like I, I couldn't come up with anything better than that. If, I tried so yeah that is actually so perfect and coming to america is one of the was one of my favorite movies to be honest they just came out with a new version i believe like yeah a few maybe a few months ago a year ago or something like that yeah, I think it was like six months ago, yeah. say again i couldn't hear you i think it was like six months ago yeah six months ago yeah exactly um but anyways yeah mcdowell's that's hilarious <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just it just came back to me that's perfect that's that's so perfect i think having a name like that that has it's like rooted in pop culture too which is exactly what the brand is 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 rooted in as well right yeah so, it kind of hits on like everything that i'm all about you know yeah. and it's it's also like subtle like i'm not throwing the the mcdowell's plaid prints at your face and like making mcdowell's merch you know what i mean but it's just like a little a subtle little uh easter egg at the name i guess yeah totally totally and one of the things about your brand mcdowell's is the kind of reverence and respect for things that you know came from the past whether it be the uh, attention to detail and how you describe your products and and kind of giving it that like old school like newspaper feed or magazine kind of feel like how products used to be showcased in different um you know places in print what what inspired that because i think like for me like like i said i saw the 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 Jordans that you made and we'll talk about those in a second. But then when yeah. I looked closer into it, like all of that, like that's what really made me like, you know, this isn't just your run of the mill, like someone making a bootleg just for, you know, quick profit. Someone who actually really cares about the, the, the entire just aura of, of, you know, nineties and, and early two thousands basketball and, and the products that revolved around them. Yeah, facts. I've always been somebody who deeply cares about details, um, like to, to such a small level. And so, um, you know, I got, I think people that are around our age, maybe a little older than us all grew up getting the catalogs, the East Bays and the foot, foot action and all that stuff. Um, and we would wait for that catalog. I don't know, every two weeks or whatever. And we would go through it page by page, circle all the stuff that we liked, even mm. though we didn't get any of it. <laughs> exactly. uh, and so it's just like, there's nothing to me that's more nostalgic than seeing that print ad for a product and just like longing for that, for that product. You know what I mean? So it was a no brainer. Like I never even thought twice about how I would display my products on the website and on the Instagram. Like it was going to be a catalog the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. It's just so cool. If you guys have not had a chance, if you're unaware, because I try to put you guys on to so many dope creatives and brands, um, go to the Instagram, which I have it on the screen right now. It's McDowell's brand. That's that's literally the Instagram. Um, it's in the podcast description. Just check it out real quick and go down to like uh, the the bootleg Bart Simpson 
and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So fire. So fire. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Let's Appreciate talk a little bit about the um the shoe, right? Because that's <laughs> I mean I kept I keep alluding to the shoe, the shoe, the shoe. Yeah. The McDowell's Air Pro. Let me make sure I got it right. The Air Pro Sport One. All right. Yes, sir. That's talk it. to me about the the Air Pro Sport One. How did that project come into existence, and you know where where did it start? Those kind of things. Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, my first job was at Foot Locker. And I spent every paycheck on shoes. I was obsessed with shoes in high school. So, you know, I've always, that's always been a dream to make my own shoe. Um, so when I started a brand, a lot of people would ask me like, what kind of goals do you have? And I would say, you know, I want to do a, a collab with Nike, things like that, which is still a goal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I don't remember who the first one I saw was. It might've been Ray actually, when he was in like the early, early stages of doing samples and he posted one and we had communicated a couple times. I sent him a Kobe T and I was like, damn, like anybody can make a shoe. Like that's, that's crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. And then I started looking into it and like, you see all these trash ass bootlegs everywhere. Like rays are dope. There's a select few that are dope here and there that like they actually put work into and pay homage to things. Yes. So many of them would just, it's a terrible shape and they just slap a logo on the side. They're, like you said, they're trying to make a quick buck. And I was exactly. like, damn, no one's like, no one's doing this shit justice. And I had been into like the OG shoes from the eighties for a little while at that point. And I'd always loved the bootlegs from there because they just had so much character. Um, and it was kind of cool. Like back then, you know, the bootlegs really were for people that couldn't afford like the real deal. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. kids that grew up, I wasn't like super poor, but we didn't have much money to spend on stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like kids like me, like, I couldn't get the Jordan one, but I could get this. It looks kind of tight. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So uh, I just decided I'm going to make one and I'm going to pay homage to all the bootlegs from the past because nobody's doing this. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to pay homage to the Jordan ones in certain ways and the bootlegs in certain ways and kind of combine it into like my perfect shoe basically. Yeah. And I love, I just love the era like that we're in right now. In, in terms of like brands like your like yours Ray I think Fugazi um, I think Obra did a pretty good job I think the the people who are really you know re uh, reestablishing what it what a bootleg looks like in the modern era because you're so right back in the day it was a little bit different like it's the bootleg is for the kid who um, couldn't afford it necessarily the the actual shoe. Um, and maybe like, maybe you get clowned on or maybe you get made fun of a little bit, but it's still dope, you know, to you, you know, like it's still dope. Um, but now I think that, you know, in an era where there's so much information, like we're literally in such a, uh, an era of, of technology and information and there's so much out there now, you know, with, with brands like yours, there's an opportunity to, to, um, to kind of push it forward. And I think you've done that, right? What what's what's behind the naming of it, right? Because you can name Ore Ore's is you know Empire City High, uh, Fugazi's is one in the chamber. Um, what, what what's the Air Pro Air Pro Sport one about? Like why that name? Yeah, for me that just goes back to trying to pay homage to the OG bootlegs in like 1985, 1986. They all had these corny ass names, you know what I mean? And I just thought they were the best. There's like the honor. Uh, the honor sports, the pro jogs, the sangs, like things like that. Yeah. So I just kind of combined a few of those, tried to come up with like a cheesy eighties name that I thought would look good, like in print and for ads and shit like that. And, uh, just came up with their pro sport and thought it was good. 
no doubt. And uh, is this? I, I want to make I want to make sure that I say this correctly, because um, I watched a few videos about the shoe. The shoe does it have a vegan leather option and a and a regular leather option, or is it completely vegan leather? Like, talk to me about materials or, or those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's all vegan, which is important to me. I'm vegan myself. Um, I don't, I just personally don't think that it's worth it for me to like make animals suffer for like a tiny bit of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of my products will ever have animal products in them. So it's vegan. Um, it's a, it's like a leather alternative. It's not like the the cheap like synthetic leathers that you see in some Jordans and like some cheaper shoes nowadays. It's like a really nice synthetic. Um, it's like soft and thick and like, it's crazy, bro. I don't know. I, we, we tried like seven different factories and um, I actually looked into like pineapple leather and all yeah. these other alternatives. And those ones, they aren't really willing to work with people with small minimums at the moment. And so I found this one uh, just through a random factory. And as soon as I touched it, I was like, this is it, man. This is crazy. And like Nightwing is a huge sneaker reviewer and he reviewed them and was like, he was touching them and he's like, he says they're vegan. He's like, but are you sure, bro? Like these two are crazy, <laughs> which is just so cool and crazy to me because like he's the biggest shoe reviewer in the world. And I've been watching his shit for a long time. And, yeah. You know, I was a little nervous about like, I don't know if people will connect with like a vegan shoe that doesn't have animal products and like they might try to trash the quality you know even though i knew that the quality was great um Mm -hmm. so that was just cool to hear hear him support that yeah yeah that's that's exactly the youtuber i was talking about earlier i was trying to remember his name he he is huge his progression from like he used to do like on court reviews mostly i think he still probably does i don't i don't keep up with him as much i'm kind of in different spaces on youtube but i actually loved his video on it because it did look like when you touched it it was like so soft like it looked like it was it was pressing in really nicely um, it's crazy soft and it's hard it's hard like he said it's hard to believe but uh yeah it's it's dope yeah it's that's, dope. that's super cool i think that even for me like like some consumers are not gonna like that some people like you said they may not like it i mean it's just the nature of life um yeah. but for me like that to me was like it like hit a checkbox that like I didn't know that could be hit for this kind of sneaker. You know what I mean? Like it was like so yeah, cool. It was so stuff. cool. Um, I mean, not to mention like stuff with like 80 shoes and Jordan ones and things like that. Like there's no vegan options for people. Yeah. I'm friends with this dude, Daniel, who's a uh, air vegan on Instagram and you know, he's always posting stuff, but like there's, there's nothing, you know what I mean? There's nothing out there for, for people that don't want to like, pay for animal cruelty like that so yeah it's so true try to come up with something in the space that uh doesn't really exist and it's it's even beyond i mean you're right about the the jordans like you know there are no jordans really that are vegan like that but even like just just cool looking casual sneakers like it's it's really slim pickings i feel like for a lot of consumers unless you're in the know and sometimes you know um and it, and it seems like you know i would love to get your shoe in hand it seems like your shoe is such so so quality too but like sometimes with a lot of the vegan shoes i've kind of reviewed and looked at sometimes um you know things feel very light or you know sometimes they um, the sole gets you know break breaks down essentially really easily but uh, it's it's really cool to see like someone who made one like this is this is this is what I'm thinking about when I'm like watching and looking at this brand, you guys. Like, what quality is there? Storytelling is there. Like someone who's passionate about it, like the the print ads and and then the video, the videos you put out for for them as well. Like he talked to us about that too because those are really fire as well. 
Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I've always been to filmmaking and stuff. So um, that's just kind of the aesthetic that I'm into. It's got kind of like, a, I don't know if you've seen mid nineties, um, Jonah Hill movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did see mid nineties. Yeah. 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 With the kids. So kind right? of that, that vibe. Yeah. With the kids skating and stuff. It's kind of like a low key little vibe. Mm. Uh, it's got a certain look to it. Um, but yeah, man, I just did something low key, honestly, for these, this first round, but I'm going to get into more like scripted work and do some dope, dope stuff coming up. No doubt. I'm excited. I can't wait to see. I'm, I'm a huge fan, a huge fan. Yeah, thanks, bro. Um, and, it, and the thing is, is like you guys. When I say I'm a huge fan, like I'm talking to the dude who founded the brand, mm-hmm. and like the more I listen to you, man, it's just like, yeah, how can I not be? How can I not, you know, be supportive? It's it's really cool what you're doing. That's um, dope. I appreciate you. Do you um like what 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 do you have planned for the future? Because you know I missed out on a pair, and you know I <laughs> need to try to get another pair. <laughs> <laughs> What's that do you first of all? I'm a, I'm a size 11 i'm a size 11 i need to try to cop a size 11 at some point <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do we'll see what we can do. i got you uh so for the future with the shoes specifically and your personal interests yeah we got <laughs> we got a new colorway coming hopefully in december i'm trying to get them out before christmas um the black and white og pair mm. i don't know i've teased them a couple times on the ig but no pictures up there anything um but i'm hyped on those actually i got a sample right here i can show you real quick oh sweet inside the scoop i was looking at them the whole time those are fire yeah bro so uh hyped on these they're in the they're in the works right now so like i said hopefully december um but as far as other future plans for the brand man i don't know i'm just kind of seeing where the wind takes me right now i've been really um really intentional about growing at a slow pace. I just, I've always read stories about brands and entrepreneurs that, you know, they grow too fast and their quality of life goes away and they're not happy anymore. And they talk about the glory days of the company and things like that. I've always just like soaked that in. And I've always had the question like with brand, you know, big brands that blow up and people say they sell out and shit. It's like, could you just stay small Mm. for, forever like is that sustainable which is something that i'm still trying to ponder and figure out but like you know what i mean like supreme what if they stayed way smaller and just continued to drop dope shit but i don't know if it's that people get money hungry greedy maybe i don't know man i don't think i have that inside of me personally yeah um so maybe maybe i stay small for a long time maybe i end up growing because it sounds more fun to have a couple stores here and there. I don't know, man. We're just, I'm taking it slow right now. Um, and I'm loving where I'm at personally yeah. and we'll see what happens. I just hired my first employee. So I guess I am growing a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's a really good self-awareness point. The fact that you're loving where you are. And I think it's an even better question because, um, I, I'm asking myself that same question right now in terms of uh, YouTube specifically. So, you know, I've, as you guys know, who know about me and my content, I have a YouTube channel. I do TikTok and my brand and my personal Instagram. So those are kind of the four. And then this podcast, five things I focus on. YouTube has really been something that's taken off in terms of a lot of growth. Uh, I had like five thousand. I had like five thousand subscribers, and then I posted a really good video, and I jumped up to like sixteen, and now I'm about twenty thousand. And you oh, know, yeah. I'm starting to get to the point where people are, 
you know, some of the people who are, you know, joined kind of midway through in that, you know, five to 20,000 range who have only seen me for about a month. And so it, it makes me think like, you know, how can I still be this small feel YouTuber? Because now that I have 20,000, like it, it doesn't feel as small anymore. It's just like, it just doesn't, it's impossible. But how can I make sure it stays that way and not get too big headed for one, not get too overzealous with greed or anything like that. Like how you mentioned, and really keep the community tight knit as tight knit as I possibly can for as long as I can. Cause it, like you said, there's something really nice about being able to know the people that support the brand. You can DM them at any time. You see who comments every time and you can, you know, it just feels better. And I, I totally get what you mean by that. Like, you know, just trying to stay as community and, and kind of, um, small as you as you can for sure like i right now i respond to pretty much every comment that i can i respond to every single dm like personally Mm -hmm. like that's dope to connect with these people that you know feel feel so strongly about the stuff that i create like that's still crazy to me that i'm like shipping clothes out to all these different countries and people in japan are wearing my shit and it's like that's bonkers what's happening right now you know (laughs) so it's it's cool to still like be in the middle of that um yeah man i don't know i don't know what it is that's just something that i'm going to keep monitoring and like see see where i want to take it you know maybe i'll get bored of it being kind of small and i want to grow faster but i'm not i'm just not trying to let anything else take control over over my brand i want to you know control it myself and control the growth and the pace and just see where i want to take it totally and there's a lot of things that you know you've happened in your life and it seems like you're in a good place mentally for you know where you are and i'm 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 happy to hear that it's always good to have hear people doing well because i think you know there's so that we're all inundated so much with how crazy the world is and so um you know when you talk to talking to jimmy it's just good it's just good to feel that i want to transition a little bit in the podcast talk a little bit about kind of the last couple questions i i want to ask you and and they kind of revolve a little bit outside the brand I, i was really glad that i was able to hone in on so many things involved with involved with McDowell's, excuse me. Um, but you know, I want to ask you, what do you, what do you think, uh, is some of the reasons you found success in, in a relatively short amount of time? I want to reiterate that question because there's someone who's might, who's listening, who's like, man, I've been going at this for months, years, etc., And you know, it's been tough for me, but maybe you can have, you have some insights into maybe why you've been successful in a short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it's such a combination of things, I think. Like, we've already touched on, on the fact that my mom was so encouraging throughout my whole life, you know. That's that's a big part of it. Um, I've never been afraid to, like, fail. You know what I mean? I've always just had that confidence, like, I could, I could do this, and if I like this shit, other people will too, and I think I have good taste, and it's going to translate. Um, but if I do fail, like, I'll do it. I'll do something else, you know. I'll figure something else out, and it's not a big deal. But, uh... I don't know, man. I think a lot of it's luck too. Like, you know, I started the brand right at the beginning of 2020 and the pandemic hit like a month after I started the brand and, um, the NBA, it's always been my plan to get, get the stuff in the hands of NBA players, um, initially to kind of help my growth. And it's hard to do, like no one was going to respond to you. Yeah. Have to get a hold of publicists and, you know, stylists and things like that. When you have a thousand followers, like they don't take you seriously. Yep. So 
when the bubble started, all the NBA players were staying in the bubble. It was kind of a light bulb moment for me. I was like, damn, I bet you I could figure out what hotel they're all staying at. So I found a list of each team and what hotel they were staying at. And I just cold sent them all gear. Uh, PJ was the first dude I sent gear to, the Kobe shirt. And a couple days later, he posted on his IG, like, got a bunch of packages today. And mine was sitting on top. I was like, fuck, like, it actually got to him. This is crazy. And uh, two days later was the opening game of the bubble. Wow. And he wore the T in the tunnel. And it was just like, damn, bro. So I'm just fortunate. Like, that's just crazy. You know what I mean? Just a, a series of events had to happen. For the, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get it into PJ's hands otherwise. Right. Right. Um, so a lot of luck is in there, but I don't know, man. Um, I think it's just, yeah, a combination of those things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think that you, I think you, you're, you are in part, we're all lucky in, in some degree. And I think that also, but I also think that you had the foresight to, you know, think about like, okay, they're all going to be in the hotel and you made the decision to send it out. You know, I think that's also like, it plays a role, right? Like you made your own luck in that sense, in my opinion. Because you yeah, could, you could have easily said, oh, it's impossible and not done it, right? So, yeah. I mean, it also helped. Like, it was – it's just weird how things lined up. Like, it helped that I had worked in hotels in college before. So, I kind of knew the process of, like, how they get packages, how they sort them and deliver them, and oh, what you need insane. to put on the package to make sure it gets to a specific room, things like that. So, yeah, it just all kind of lined up for me, man. It was – it was a it was a dope ass experience. Very cool, very cool. Now the last question I want to ask you before we conclude, man, you've been great, uh, Jimmy. It's been great to have you on. I'm glad we actually had a chance to do this because, um, you know, I I just I don't know. It's good to have a great guest on the show. Help helps make the show possible. So I'm always very thankful in that regard. Um, yeah, I appreciate you, man. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to ask you uh, <laughs> what your favorite quote from Kobe Bryant is. I'll go first. Um, just yeah, to maybe if you forgot, I can jog your memory. But I'll go first. <laughs> Either <Yeah>. way. <laughs> um, but one of my one of mine is because I think Kobe has a lot of quotes. He said a lot of things, made a lot of statements. Um, he's a champion. He's a winner at the highest level in, in sports, and he's he's one of the best, if not the best, competitor in my opinion in sports of all time. And nice. one of the quotes he said is, you know, uh, everything negative, pressure challenges is all an opportunity for me to rise and then i think that that's so so powerful and i think that if, like for me and for everyone listening like think about that quote everything negative pressure challenges all these things we all face negativity we all have pressure from the outside world from our parents from our friends from our communities we all face challenges we have to overcome whether it be you know the price or, or you know not knowing having the skill sets or whatever it is there's endless challenges it's an all all an opportunity for me to rise all an opportunity for you to rise so yeah that's my quote that's yeah that's dope that's really fitting i like that a lot i uh the one that comes to mind for me is i mean it's a short and simple one but it's just when in the press conference when he just said job's not finished mm. and it's like they're asking, why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you happy right now? And he's just like, job's not fit. Like, what do you mean? Why would I be smiling right now? And I just always thought that was dope because like so many people can get so high and so low. And it's like, I think that can hurt you in a lot of ways. You know, like if, if the job's not finished, then what do you, what are you out here celebrating for? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I thought that was cool from a from a sports perspective. No, I love that one. That one all, always gives me chills when I see the clip or something like that on. Yeah, on, it cannot. On I mean, job finish, job finish. <laughs> all right, yeah, you kind of get what he's saying. Like it's just it's just kind of like his his focus. It's his focus and the hunger. It's kind of crazy, but um. Yeah exactly uh, yeah I, I love me some kobe clips that's for sure but jimmy <laughs> i appreciate you having you on man talk to me a little bit about kind of where can people find out more about you and um you know where can people find out about your brand and things like that social media wise uh yeah man you can find me at mcdowell's brand is the brand's page um we got a website www.mcdowellsbrand.com and that's it man i post everything through the ig drops and new products coming out uh so stay tuned on there Cool, man. Thank you so much for coming on, like I said. And uh, we'll be be sure to talk soon. <laughs> yeah, bro, for sure. We'll, we'll figure something out about those 11s for you. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> All right, bro. How did you like today's episode? I absolutely had a fantastic time re-listening to the episode, hearing Jimmy's points, learning about McDowell's. I feel like there was a lot of things packed into this. It was relatively entertaining and it had some educational and motivational pieces to it. And that's kind of like where the bread and butter of this podcast is. It gives you a little bit of information about people that you don't know. It teaches you a little bit about something, whether it be in fashion or business or entrepreneurship or being a creative or an artist. And you get a little bit of motivation to keep you going for throughout the rest of your day. That's kind of what I want the Beyond the Garment podcast to live. That's where I want it to be about. Let's get into the post-podcast breakdown so I can talk to you guys a little bit about what I got out of the podcast. As always, if you want to send me a DM or if you want to write in the review section what you got out of this episode, it would be dearly appreciated. Let's start with point number one. So early on, Jimmy mentioned that his mom was someone who always believed in him and he thought it was relatively corny at a young age. But as he grew up, he realized the importance of the power of having someone who believes in you. And I think this is something that a lot of people wrestle with when it comes to whether or not they're going to start something. They have a little bit of hesitation about, can I get this done? Whatever it is, I, I can't tell you exactly what you have a hesitation for, but we all have hesitations, whether it be starting our own business, starting a podcast, doing YouTube, doing your own art, doing whatever, whatever it may be, photography. We all have hesitations, right? Because we have failed in the past, maybe, or maybe we let someone down, or maybe we just have this fear. And believing in yourself, I'm telling you, is one of the biggest unlocks that I can tell you about in my life. And if you don't believe in yourself right now, then f- find ways to where, so where you can believe in yourself. Find ways to develop yourself into believing in yourself um, because it's such an important key piece in order to find success and build success in your life no matter what you do you have to believe in yourself next i love how jimmy talked about his brand and mcdowell's and how much passion he has for it and one of the things he pinpointed to was that there was an opportunity when he decided to make those 23 those jordan socks if you don't know what i'm talking about just look at the instagram you'll see exactly what i'm talking about scroll down a bit but basically they were the exact socks that michael jordan wear and no one was no one was making them So you have to find out where the opportunity lies if you're creating a business, if you're in a creative field. Find out where opportunities lie and then go in and create a solution or create content or create value to an audience where that opportunity is. Last, I want to talk about the Kobe quote that I mentioned about how basically the majority of things, the challenges you face are opportunities for you to rise. And I think that's so true. And it is true for those who have that 
proper mindset because mindset is so important. It kind of ties into the first point, which is belief. But once you, once again, unlock the mindset that everything that you do can be used to help you in the future, your failures to your challenges to the things that you feel like maybe a disadvantage, even the things that quote unquote are disadvantages can be something that can really set you up for success in the future. If you can change your mindset into having that sort of belief system, then I feel like once again, you'll find out that life has so much in store for you if you continue to work hard and do those kind of things as well. And I think that's why I always love Kobe is because he always gave you, you know, the the on-court stuff. He was very skillful, one of the greatest of all times, but then he would step off the court and give you gems of his mindset and his wisdom. And I always love that about him. So RIP Kobe. And I want to thank Jimmy so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having him on the show. Next week, we have another fantastic guest. I cannot wait for you guys to see who it is. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star review. It would mean a lot to me. Here comes the outro. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a comment on our most recent Instagram posts telling us what you got out of this episode. All right, wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next time.